Welcome everyone to the Ave Torah Daf Yomi Shiur. Today's Shiur is Daf Yud. We will begin on Daf Tet Amud Bet at the Mishnah on the bottom. Says the Mishnah, Hatruma what would they do with the money? Now, all this money that we've been talking about all along, what would they do with the money? Okay, that's today's daf is basically what we do with the money. Okay? Says the Gemara. Lokrim, they would buy timidim, korban tamid, which needs a, 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 a lamb, right, in the morning and the afternoon, and musafim, Korban Musafs, <coughs> right? That, that, that these Korban Musafs, are, of course, are Korbanot that are extra besides the Korban Tamid that are offered on holidays and Rosh Chodesh. We have, we, we prayed Musaf today because it's a holiday. That's because in the Beit HaMikdash, they would have a Korban Musaf. Those Korban Musafs are bought from these Shekalim that we are talking about till now. Viniskehem, and also the wines that are poured by the Korban Tzibur. Ha'omer, buying the wheat for the Korban Ha'omer, which was done on the second day of Passover. the which are the two breads that are that are offered as a special Korban on Shabuot. Lechem Apanim, we're buying the special uh, show breads, the, the face breads, right? Vechol Korbanot Tzibur, and all the Korbanot Tzibur are bought with this money. Now, Okay, so let's, let's explain what's going on here. There's something called the Korban HaOmer. Korban HaOmer is unique in the fact that it comes from the new wheat, which means that till then, till the Korban HaOmer, the second day of Passover, it's a sore to eat any new wheat that was planted during this year. Uh... That was true in the olden days. It's still true nowadays on the third day of Pesach. Because now we don't have a Korban HaOmer on the second day of Pesach. So it's forbidden to eat new wheat until the third day of Pesach. Okay? And that's why people are always careful. Is it Yashan? Did you, is people, you, you see religious people coming to stores saying, is, we only use Kemach Yashan. What is Kemach Yashan? Kemach Yashan means we don't, we're very, very careful to avoid using any new wheat until it gets to be the third day of Pesach. Now, this Korban Omer in the olden days was had to be offered from brand new wheat that was harvested specifically for this Korban. So the first new wheat was offered from this Korban. We chop the wheat, we take the... We, uh, I think it's barley, actually. We take the barley, right? Um, and we, we, we specifically harvest it and we bring it to the Beit HaMikdash, we use it for this Korban, okay? Now, the problem is that on, on the Shemitah year, and then, by the way, they make a big deal out of it, they have the whole people come, going out with them, and they, they ask three times before they do it, should I cut it, let's cut it, do I do it, this is a stick, this is a thing, and it's a, it's a big procedure. Everything is cool six, six years out of seven. But when it comes to Shemitah year, you got problems, because we ain't planting anything. And if we're not planting, then how are we doing the Korban Omer? Korban has to go every year. We have to allow all the new wheat with the Korban. How do we do it? So what they would do is they would have some wheat that would grow wild, and they would have watchmen 
whose job it is to watch the wild wheat to ensure that nobody takes it. Because normally, if it's in somebody's field, okay, so it's watched because the guy's watching his field. But here at Shemitah, all the fields are unwatched because everything's Hefker. And therefore, we pay watchmen to watch the wild-grown Shemitah things for the Korban Alechem, Shtei Alechem, and the Omer. We do it with this money. They will take their their wages also from the money that we gain. Good. Now, Rabbi Yossi Omer, according to Rabbi Yossi, he disagrees. He says, he agrees that we could take the money, in theory, I guess, but he says that in theory, somebody could want to donate his services as, a, as an unpaid watchman and watch the wheat, right? Watch the wheat to make volunteer. Amrulo afatamor ela. He says, uh, if the guy watches it for free, it comes out that it's his. And therefore, you, you, you're allowing a person to be individual. Don't you know that the, don't you agree that this korban has to come from the whole Klai Yisrael? If this fellow is watching it himself, it's like it's his. And if it's like it's his, how will you allow a korban to come from individual st- stuff? It has to be from the tzibur. And therefore, they're disagreeing that a guy could donate his services. Okay? Good. Ivan, you with us? Yeah, I'm, I'm following you. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, says the Gemara, Which means, you have to have a little introduction to this. There was nine days during a year which we call Zman Atse Kwanim. And these days were days that special families had privileges in the Beit HaMikdash. Because when they rebuilt the second Beit HaMikdash, they were in dire need of firewood. And there were nine families that stepped up to the plate and donated firewood at the time of the Bezbeach needed And they came to donate a lot of firewood. And therefore, these families got the first dibs that forever, for the rest of the Beit HaMikdash, the next 400 years, these families had the rights certain days to bring the firewood to the Beit HaMikdash. And even if there was plenty of firewood in the Beit HaMikdash, which there almost always was, uh, they have the right to get their firewood that they donated used on the Bezbeach that day. Okay? And, the, and that day was for their families Yom Tov, which means that you're going to see that if, if, if it was like, a, let's say, a day to fast, we're not fasting it, our Yom Tov. We, we don't need the Beit HaMikdash. Our, our wood got in the Beit HaMikdash, it's a Yom Tov for us, so it's our Okay? So nine families. Okay, so let's, let's read what's going on. What's special about these days that they were counted? When the Jews came up from exile, there wasn't enough wood in the Lishka. These people donated their own personal wood. They gave it to the Sibur. We did, we used them for the Kormat Sibur. And the prophets who were still around in those days, in the beginning of the second Beit HaMikdash, 
made a deal with them. Shafil lishkam in the atzim, even if the if the if the lishka is full of wood, and they donate wood. First we use theirs, then we use the regular wood. Okay? Now, we see Amar of Acha, So of Acha is claiming that this that we're able to accept the wood of these fellows, even though it's private, must be going like Rabbi Yossi, who's the rabbi who lets individuals, Shomer Chinam, watch the wheat. Because he's allowing private stuff. You got it? Otherwise, why are you letting this private stuff going on? Okay. No, no, they're donating. They're donating. And it's a zichut to donate. And they, 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 it's a yom tov for them that they're donating. But we're asking, who cares that they want to donate it? We shouldn't take it from them. According to, we're assuming that according to Rabbanan and Mishnah, who won't accept the services of the guy watching the wheat, they also shouldn't accept the wheat, the, the, the wood from these families. And therefore we're assuming that the opinion that, that says this is Rabbi <clears throat> that was Rav Acha talking. Rav Yossi B'Shem Rav Ila says, Devrei HaKolhi. Ma'apagin b'gufosh l'koban. Ha'machshire koban, kol ha'mamodi shu m'shtane korban yachid l'koban tzibur. Okay? Rav Yossi says to Shem Rav Ila that it's everyone's opinion. No. Yes, they argue about watching wheat. But they do not argue about they're not arguing about the wood. Why? They argue about wheat because that's the carbon. That's the, 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 the base of the carbon. But wood, which is only something that allows it's only uh what what, what would we call it in, in English? You'll call it ancillary or you'll call it um it's uh it permits the carbon to happen. It's not the carbon. It's the materials used to. Come on, give me the word. Where's all that guys over here? Secondary. Secondary it's something. Is that cold water? Yeah. I'll take one also. Thank you. Avachshire <coughs> koban. What? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Excellent. Avachshire koban kol amamodi shu b'shlanei mikorban yachid lekorban tibur. Okay, so let's go further. Tani, we learned in the Brayta, Isha shasta kutonet levana kishira ubavach tibsalal tzibur. If you have a lady, normally the 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 kiuna had to come from the public funds. So the kohanim aren't wearing their own private bigdekuna. The money for the bigdekuna comes from the from the public coffers, right? <coughs> It, but if a woman, the, the bride says that if a woman would make a, a white ketonet for a kohen, right? For the kohen. kosher. So long as she gives it and she donates it to the public. Right? So Rabbi Acha says again the same thing. He, he says, 
Thank you so much. This, this all fits only like Rabbi Yossi. Why does it fit like Rabbi Yossi? Because Rabbi Yossi was the one who said that we let the people, the Shomer Chinams, watch the wheat. And he's the one who will say that we allow the ladies to donate the, these ketonets. And Rabbi Yossi, B'Shem Elah, again disagrees. And he says, no, when do they argue? They argue about the wheat, because that's Gufosha Kurban, that's the base of the Korban. But only the things that are ancillary to the Korban. Everyone agrees. It's different than Korban, therefore it's fine. Okay? What? Preliminaries, it says over there? Preliminaries, okay, preliminaries of the Korban. I don't like that word. I like ancillary better. <laughs> Ketona is the, is, the, uh, is the garment that's worn by the Kohen Gadol. Also supposed to be from the, from the, from the public. And if we, we have a bright to saying that if a lady donates it, we'll take it. If she, as long as she donates it. Which, we're, which one rabbi is saying, oh, it's only Rabbi Yossi. Another rabbi is saying, no. Chachim could also agree because that's not the Korban. It's just ancillary. Okay. Matita Misayel Rabbi Yossi. We have a brighter. That seems to help Rabbi Yossi. It says, Which means, these days, there are special holidays for these nine families, right? They work during the time of the Korban, or whether there's no Korban. Which means, Oh, thank you so much. Right? <coughs> Which means, whether there's a Beit HaMikdash or there's no Beit HaMikdash, we still have the law that, the, that it's a holiday for those nine families. Rabbi Yossi Yomer, It's only when there's a Beit HaMikdash. This rabbi, Rabbi says, I am from the family of Sanab ben Binyamin. Sanab ben Binyamin is one of the nine families that had the tradition. Okay? And one time, Shabbat was on Shabbat. So since Shabbat is on Shabbat, we don't fast on Shabbat, we fast on Sunday. And Sunday, the 10th of Av, is their day of their holiday. We didn't finish the fast of the day. On Shabbat, we didn't fast the whole day because for us it was a holiday. Now, from the fact that Shabbat is being celebrated in general, Proves that the Beit Hamikdash is not a lot, not around anymore, right? Because right? you know, you know, Shabbat is not a problem with Beit Hamikdash. So that means that even when there's no Beit Hamikdash, these families are still celebrating the holidays. Okay, so that's a proof that it, it goes even in those days. Got it? Now it's an amazing thing how a family gives a donation at a time when they really, really need the donation, and more, almost five hundred years later. It's still a holiday for their family. You realize how long this lasts? Because the Beit Second Midrash lasted four hundred and twenty years. These guys, Sanab and Benjamin, donated something five hundred years ago. You can't even tell me who your ancestor is a hundred years ago, right? Probably most people don't know. This is five hundred years back. Not only do we know the ancestor's name, his name was Sanab and Benjamin, but we also know. What he gave, and the family still celebrating the holiday. All because of one donation at the right time, when we really needed it, in the beginning. Afterwards, uh, but you get, in, you get in, in the beginning, 500 years later. 
And yeah, what it's all Tisha B'Av pushed off. Yeah, yeah, I'm not fasting. I'm not fasting. I mean, I fast, I start, I'm finishing. What does that mean? 500 years. 500 years? Columbus was alive 500 years ago. How many people you know from Columbus's days? Baruch Atah Adunai Yohenu Melcha Olam Shachol Niyamadvaro. I can go back 120 years, and that's a lot. Okay? Let's go. Ha'omer v'shteh ha'lechem v'lechem ha'panim v'chol korbanot ha'sibur. Okay, we said in the Mishnah, the korban ha'omer is bought from it, and shteh ha'lechem v'lechem ha'panim v'chol korbanot ha'sibur. Says the Gemara about this. Who, who wrote this? This is Derby Ishmael. This must go like a Bishmal, because it's a machloket whether you're allowed to bring the Korban HaOmer from Surya. Now, Surya is a place called Syria. None of you guys have ever heard of Syria, but it's a country uh, not far from Israel where there were, uh, where there were, there's a machloket about what its status is, because in, originally it wasn't part of Israel. However, David HaMelech's general conquered it. And therefore, for some things, it had the law of Israel. So there's a machloket whether or not you could bring the Korban Omer from wheat that's grown in Syria. Surya. Okay? So we're assuming that our Mishnah, which says that you could pay for the Omer, for, for, for that, that the Omer is coming from this, the watchers, are coming from this money, is assuming that it can't come from Surya. Okay? Meaning, if, if you can't, if, if you could bring it from Chutzaritz, Surya, even Surya, for sure, not Chutzaritz, so then we would have brought it from them. Now, it says the Gemara, Taman Tanina, we learned in Menachot, Tanakhama says that, that all the Komanot can be brought from Eretz Yisrael or Chutz Laaretz. From old and from new. They have to come from the new wheat and from, from, from the Aretz. He says, he says also this Mishnah, this uh, quote from Menachot that it has to come from Eretz Yisrael is also also only according to Bishmael. Tamantani, we have another Mishnah in Kelim that says the following: Esed Kedushotan. There's ten different levels of holiness. Eretz Yisrael Mekudesh Mikol Aratzot. Eretz Yisrael is holier than all the, all the lands. What's more holy about Israel than all other lands? You can bring the Omer and the Bikurim and Shteya Lechem, but you don't, you don't bring from anywhere else. So again, that's only Bishmael. Again, that's Bishmael who, who, who specifically says that the Korban HaOmer can only come from Israel, not Surya. This, this Mishnah Kilim also, even though it doesn't mention his name, could only be going like Ishmael. No other rabbi would agree to this because the rabbis, other rabbis are letting, are allowing it to come from Syria. It seems like if they were if they were tight, they would bring it from further away. It says that in the Mishnah. In 
Normally, yes, you're right. You're right. Normally, the Korban Omer is done on, it's cut on the 16th of Nisan. And if you bring it from Surya, it will take you a long time to bring it. And you're not going to be able to bring it that fast. They didn't have uh, uh, planes in those days. But if you're stuck and there's nothing around, we could bring it from further away. Korban was wheat, yes. The Korban Omer was wheat. And it had to be, normally it was cut fresh, which means it was cut on the second day of Pesach. Cut and offered on the second day of Pesach. So he's asking now, if they bring it from Surya, how are they getting it to that fest? Okay. <coughs> you with me, Shlomo? No. Okay. Taman Taninan. Rabbi Ishmael Omer. We learned over there, Ishmael says, Ma Kharish Rishut. Pasuk says, Baharish Ubakatsir Tishpot. Which is telling you that you have to keep Shabbat, and Bacharish ubakatsir teshbot. The actual pasuk is as follows: Sheshet yamim taavod, six days you shall work. Ubayomashit teshbot, on the seventh day you will rest. Bacharish ubakatsir, whether it's plowing or harvesting, you'll rest. Now we learn ma charish reshut, just like the harvesting. No, I'm sorry, the plowing that the Torah is forbidding is voluntary plowing. Nobody needs to plow. It's not a mitzvah to plow. Plowing is always voluntary. So too, when the Torah is telling you that you're not allowed to harvest, it's only telling you that you're not allowed to harvest on Shabbat. Harvesting, a voluntary harvesting. But if you have mitzvah harvesting, you're allowed a mitzvah harvest on Shabbat. Now, where is there ever mitzvah harvesting that they're allowing you to cut things off the ground on Shabbat? Excluding the Ksira Omer. Because if the second day of Pesach falls in on Shabbat, we will send a Kohen with a scythe to chop wheat off the ground on Shabbat. Because Masuk says only only voluntary harvesting is Asur, not mitzvah harvesting. Okay? So a little trivia question. When are you allowed to harvest things off the ground on Shabbat? Answer, second day of Pesach falls in on Shabbat. Says the Gemara. Rabbi Ishmael Kedate, that's, that, Rabbi Shmuel says the same thing. This that Rabbi Shmuel says that the Omer can't come from Surya and it has to come from Tzadzel. That that you see from there that he goes that 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 you're allowed to do it on Shabbat because if you're allowed to do it from far out, then you could that means you're allowed to do it. And it doesn't have to be fresh on that day. You can get it from far out, and you wouldn't have to do it on Shabbat. Okay. Right. Only when you say it has to be fresh is, is when you could do it on Shabbat. Because otherwise, it's not a mitzvah to do it on Shabbat. I could always get it from Surya. Right. Okay? Good. Says the Who is the Tana who says that we said in Mishnah that the watchers of the Shemitah produce get their money from the Turmat that must be Ishmael, who says that it has to come from it has to come from this this that from it, from Israel. Because if you go not like Ishmael, that you're allowed to get it from Surya, so then, then, then no, then why would you pay guys to watch the Shemitah produce to do it? Get get it from Surya where there's no Shemitah, right? Obviously, this is going like Ishmael. Okay, are we clear? Says the Gemara, Amar Rabbi Yosef. Rabbi Yosef says, "Divrei Hakol." You know, this is Divrei Hakol. Even the uh, Rabbi who argues with Mishmael will agree that you could pay these the, the, the watchers in this. 
He'll say that really we're allowed to do it from we're allowed to do it from Surya. And we should get it from Surya. But if we can't find any wheat in Surya, then we're allowed to pay a guy to watch it here. And that's what he's saying. So you don't have to tell me it's only your Bishmael. It could even be the other rabbi, and he's just saying as a backup backup, you're allowed to you're allowed to do it. Okay. Good. And maybe Rabbi also has a What did you say, Ivan? Maybe. I didn't hear you. Say it again. That may, is there like any more ma'ala to having the grain from Israel compared to Syria? That's why you're allowed to pay the, the watchers? Um, well... You could get it from Syria. It's better to have it from Israel. It could be. It could be. But it sounds over here like when it's Shemitah and <laughs> Israel has has trouble getting it in Israel because you'd have to have a guy watching to have good stuff. Uh-huh. It sounds like the optimum is actually Surya. According to uh-huh. the, according to non-Rabbi Ishmael, who's uh-huh. allowing Surya, then it sounds like the optimum optimal is that's in Surya. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Oh. Oh. Okay, don't worry about it. I got it. That's fine. Good. All right, let's go. Says the Gemara. Hahen Omer, this Korban Omer, are you allowed to plant it on Shemitah? Which means, let's say you're in Shemitah, and there is no wild growing wheat that year. There's none. Are you allowed to break Shemitah by planting to get the Korban Omer or not? But let's say we see that what's going. There's no, we'll, we'll take them. It's early enough. I look around. Hey, listen, we can't find any wild wheat. What do we do? Ramana. He Ada asked the question in front of Ramana. Which is it possible that you're not going to find like a like a handful of shidaim which is not eaten? One second. He's he's asking a question. He's saying the rule is that anytime you're not allowed to eat something, the korban will be no good. And therefore, over here, since if you plant it, you won't be allowed to eat it, that should make the no good. So therefore there should be no reason why you should no reason why you should plant it. Okay? So he doesn't understand the question. Amar Le, so Ramana answered him back. We, we had a our question would be that maybe there's there's certain things that if if you can't find them tahor you're allowed to offer them tameh, which means that the, normally you're not allowed to bring anything tameh to the Beit Hamikdash. But there's five things that if you can't find them tahor you could offer them tameh, and therefore this just the same way that you could offer a korban when it's tameh, even though no one could eat it, you should be able to offer these uh, planted on Shemitah stuff 
which wouldn't be edible. Okay? Okay. Now we have a question. We said that we pay these watchmen from the money in the Betim, in the in the Tumat Right? That's what we said. Now, we're asking now, how do we actually give them the money? Because this money got holified. So we're wondering, how do we give this holified money to workers? When we bought when we're buying a corporate so when we give the money to the to the uh, let's say to the animal salesman, that takes the kedusha off the money, and the kedusha goes on to the animal. But here we're using it as wages, so we're not buying any products. So how do we get the kedusha off the money? Are you with us, or Ivan? Or no? Again, this is holified money. It's holified money. So the money is particularly holy. When you're buying a product, the product takes the holiness, and the money becomes unholified. Cool, but when but when you're buying services, not goods, so what makes the money not holified? We have to give the guy the money, but it's gonna be holified money. What's we give him the money? It's still holified money. How does that work? Okay, so the Gemara says, "Can't say what do you do?" You with me or no? Good. We borrow money from the money changer. Okay. And we prepay the watchers and the harvesters of the Korbana Omer. And we bring some money from the Korbana And we do it on the Omer, which means we take the money from the Bet Mikdash and we switch the money onto the wheat. You got it? So now the wheat is holified, and the money is not holified. And then we take the money that's unholified, and we pay back the, no, the, 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 the money changer who lent us the money to pay the watchman. You got the circle? Why don't you just pay the watchman with that unholified money directly? Uh, I don't know. That's a good question. He, he, Ivan wants to know, why don't we just t- do the same thing and leave the money changes out of it? Wait, say it again. What's the process? Okay, let, 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 me, let me go over the process. Process is like this. We have, um, we have the money, right? So the money's holified. Now, we can't use it. So we go to the money changer. Borrow money from the money changers. Use it to prepay the... The watchman. watchman. The watchman and the harvesters harvest it. Now we switch the money for the harvested wheat. Okay? Then we take the money and we pay back the money changer. Okay. Asks Ivan, nice system, why don't you just do the same thing and pay back the workers? Why do you have to leave the money changers out of this? I'm just saying, let the workers harvest the stuff, okay. and we'll pay them for the services afterwards. Afterwards, selling the, by the, selling the, the, the switching the money okay. for the weed again okay. and giving it to them. Cut out the middleman, okay. middle exactly. Hold on, let me see if we figure this out. Tell the watcher that you'll pay him back. Well, right? 
Okay, um, they asked that question, Ivan, and they answer that really technically they could do your system, except that the people they don't want to wait to pay the guys until wow. until after after the sales link. I mean, they, these guys are working for a whole year. They don't want to leave the guys working the whole year without paying them, so they have the system of borrowing money. Okay. I don't know if they, that's a, on an individual. This is the, this is the, the the group. I guess the people need the money. Okay. 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 They don't sound like the richest guys in the world if they if they're taking job watching wheat. You know, uh, wheat watching doesn't sound like a exciting. Uh, it sounds like counting z packs. Okay. Rav Acha, Rav Acha, b'shem Rabbi Ba says, call call Mashiiten. He says, I don't need this whole shtick. According to Rav Acha B'Shem Rabu, he says that you're allowed, to, when, you're allowed to pay the guys directly with the money. Why? Because when any, every, whenever anyone donated the money to Beit HaMikdash, they donated on condition that we're allowed to use it for this stuff also. Uh-huh. And therefore, I don't need to make the whole shtick with the borrowing. I can give it straight. Wow. Okay, that's a machloket. Okay. Uh, the, oh, the, oh, sorry, the Gemara didn't like it because the Gemara didn't like the fact. The Gemara had a question because since some of the money got, uh, some of the money got wasted because a lot of the money goes to the garbage, a lot of the wheat goes to the garbage. How are you allowed to use money money of hektish on something that's not going to not going to going to work? So they're answering no because they had that in mind from the beginning. Okay, Tana, Ken. Um, <clears throat> also, if they need stones, which means people who are cutting stones, they pay them the same way. They borrow the money from the shukhani. They give it to the guys who, who carve out the stones. They give that money before they did the work. Before they used, before they put the, the stones on the rows. When the, once it goes on the dimus, they bring the money from the shah, they the on the stones, and they will do the same thing. The more I ask, is that the right thing to do? But a lot of them get ruined, and we shouldn't be on that. The Mishnah People have it in mind from the beginning, and therefore you're allowed to do it. Okay, brand new Mishnah. To get moving over here. Okay, number one, para aduma, you could buy it from this, from these these monies, these shekelim, and sin mishalech. Sin mishalech is the goat that gets thrown off the cliff on Yom Kippur, also bought with this money. Lashon shel zehorit. When you do para aduma, you have to have a big um, a big wad of red wool that is thrown into the burning of the paraduma that is also bought with this money. Kevish para. They used to make a special ramp for the paraduma from Harzatim in order to bring on that ramp the people who are busy with the para so they don't get tamefied over Harzatim. This ramp that was built. How do we build this ramp? It's like a bridge, literally a bridge. How do they build a bridge? 
Vekeves Seir Mishdalech. Also, the ramp that they made for the Seir Mishdalech, there was the goat that they threw off. They made a special ramp because people used to jump at the goat and try to uh, rip off hairs out of it or do knows, who knows what to it because they wanted to get their sins forgiven. So they built a special ramp for this Seir uh, Mishdalech so it could avoid going through the people and kind of like a, a, a bypass ramp. Okay? That ramp, Vilashon ben Kanav, and also the red string that used to go on the on the horns of the ram before they throw it off. Vamata Maim and the the river that goes through the Beit Hamikdash, Vichomata Ir and the walls of the city of Yerushalayim, and the and the towers around the city of Yerushalayim, all the needs of the city. That's that was brought from the leftovers of Lashka, not from the monies of the Tumata Lashka, which we take out with the three uh, buckets. No, this money is coming, goes from the leftover that we said yesterday, that once you take with the three buckets, the once we take with the three buckets, then we take the the leather um, a leather cloak and we cover the rest of the money. That's called the leftover monies. And all this stuff that we just mentioned, the bridges and the things, that comes from the leftover stuff. Good. Abba Shaul Amir. Keves para, this ramp of the para. Koanim gedolim osim mishilatzman. The keves the para, the koan gadol used to make them from their own monies. Private money. Motal shayredeshka. The leftover money from the le- the leftover money from the leftover coins, which means the stuff that's under the the leather thing that we used for all the stuff that is left over, what do we do with that? So it says over here, they use it to buy wines, oils, and flowers, and we make money off it. And the profits, Lekdesh, will go to the Beit HaMikdash. That's Divrei Rabbi Ishmael. Rabbi Kiv Omer, Rabbi Kiva says, he disagrees. He says, we don't make profits off hectic money or poor people's monies. You don't invest poor people's monies. Now, there's a machlok at why we don't, why Rabbi Kiva holds we don't invest. One rabbi says, we don't invest because we're afraid you'll lose some. And therefore, the, the, I mean, we'll lose out. Others say we don't invest because, in the Beit HaMikdash, because this is a place of richness. We don't start making profits and making deals to make, uh, you know, deals, monies, things. That we don't do that in the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Beit HaMikdash money, we have money. We're not going to try to make money. If it goes to waste, it goes to waste. We don't care. We're good. We're, this is a place of richness. We don't act poor. Okay. Motale Tnuma, left over Tnuma. but what would they do? In other words, from the, let's say there's leftover coins after we stick the three buckets, right? There's the three buckets we filled up. Now, we use those to buy the korbanot and the stuff. What if there's leftover coins in those buckets? What do we do with that? They make a golden uh, covering for the Kodesh Kodeshim. Okay? The leftover fruits... We'll see what that means in the Gemara. Ketzah Mizbech, they use those for the end of the Mizbech, which means to bring Korbanot when the Mizbech was empty. Whenever the Mizbech was idle, they would bring special Ola sacrifices from the, called Ketzah Mizbech. 
And that was bought with the leftover perot, whatever that means. We'll see what that means soon. Okay? Motar tinumah, leftover tinumah, lekrishar was to buy service vessels. So Rabbi Akiva disagrees, and he says, Motar tinumah leketz mezbeach, leftover tinumah is for the ketz mezbeach, which he said was klisharit. Motar nesachim, leftover nesachim leklisharit. Rabbi Chananya, Sarkana Korim, Rabbi Chananya, Sarkana Korim says, Motar nesachim, the leftover nesachim, ketz mezbeach, ketz mezbeach, motar tinumah leklisharit. So each one, three different opinions. Both rabbis, they both do not agree with Perot, and they do not allow the leftover Perot to be used for the Ketzim Mizbech. We'll see what that means at the end of the Gemara. Okay. Now, we send the, we send the Mishnah, Keves Parah, the, the, the ramp for the Parah, and the Lashon used to come from the leftover of the of the coins. Says the Gemara, Yishmael Bar Nachman B'Shem Rabbi Yochanan says, Shalosh L'Shalot Hen. There's three different uh, wads of red wool that we that the Torah talks about. Shel Seir, the one that's on the goat that gets thrown off, B'Sela, has to weigh one Sela. That's how much it has to weigh. Sela is uh, four shekel, I think. Shel Mitzorah, it's definitely more than a shekel for sure. Shel mitzorah, if it's only uh, for a mitzorah that you need red wool for a guy who got sarat, b'shekel it's only a shekel. Shel paraduma, the one for the paraduma that we throw in, b'shteselim has to be two sela, so that's the biggest one. Reb Chununya debarat chavrin, Reb Chununya Chunya of Beth Chavrin says, Rabbi Baba Barzavda b'shem Rishimon b'chalafta, shel parah b'shteselim mechza. He says no. A para wasn't just two selaim, it was two and a half selaim. Some say two and a half selaim by saying ten zoos, because ten zoos is the same as two and a half selah. Okay? Says the Gemara. Yehudah B'Shem Shmuel says, Talmid Chachemim hamlamdim et ha-kohanim al-chot shechita, al-chot kabbalah, al-chot zikar al-tib z'chalam b'tulat Okay. This rabbi is claiming that if you have rabbis who are paid, there are rabbis who are paid to teach the Kohanim the laws of Shechita or the laws of accepting the blood. You have to, the Kohanim need training. So if you're a rabbi who's training the Kohanim, you get your wages from the Tirumat from those three buckets. Okay? Amar Yitzchak Baradifa B'Shem Ami. He's saying that not only that, even the fellows who are checking the animals for blemishes also get their wages from those three buckets. Okay? Also, the people who check the Sefer Torahs that are in the Lishka, because there's a Sefer Torah they have to read every so often, that one needs checking. And the Sofer who checks it gets his money also from Tunuat Lishka. No, no, the three buckets. Tunuat Lishka is the three buckets. Gidal Barmenim B'Shem Yossi, Shnei Dainei Gezelot Notin Scharam B'Tunuat Lishka. There's two judges who are in charge of putting fines on people who break laws. And those guys also get paid from the Latashka. It seems like the reason why they get the money from the Latashka is because they're also part of the Kobanot, part of the Kobanot, because they also give judging 
on people who do Averot in the Beit HaMikdash. Okay? Shmuel Amar, Nashim HaOrgot Beparochet. Women who are weaving the Parochet in the second Beit HaMikdash, in between the Kodesh and the Kodesh was a long, big Parochet that was very, very tall. And sometimes you'd have women weaving, I guess, a replacement one. You know, uh, woven items don't last 400 years. You know what I'm saying? They have to be updated every, I don't know how many, maybe every year. I have no idea. Right? You know, if you look at, I was looking at hours, uh, this is 20 years old. And this is indoors. You know, they they don't look beautiful after a while. You have to change them. Right? 400 years, it's certainly not lasting. Right? So you have to update them. The women who do that, they get their money also from the three buckets. No, they, they don't get that from that. They can't take from the buckets. They only take from the bedding abayit, from the money that was given for the bedding mikdash. What's the machloka between them? Shmuel says that's like a keli. He says that that the reason why you can take it from tulat is because it's like the keli sharet, just like it comes from the. Just like it comes from the three buckets, so could this. And Rav Chuna, he says it's like the he says that the parochet is in place of a wall, and therefore it's like a binyan. So it comes from the bedikah, it comes the money that was donated for the bet mikdash itself. Okay, we're going to do a little more, then we're going to stop. Okay, Amar Chizkia, Tana, we learned Rabbi Yehuda Bar Gagogot says haketoret, the ketoret, the the spices, whole kumar tzibur. Comes from the Torah the actual one is Be'ach Azahav, and all the Kelim that are used for service in the Beit Mikdash, comes from the leftover Nesachim. We'll see what that is soon. The Mizbeach that we bring the, of, of the Ola, which is the main outside Mizbeach, and the Heichal and the Azarot. That comes from the Bet Kabbat, for the money donated for the, for the building of the Bet Mikdash. Chutz la Azarot, Ba'in Mishael and the 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 city, what's outside of the Azarot, which means outside the Bet Mikdash, anything that has to do with your city Yerushalayim, comes from the leftover money in the Shkai that comes from the money underneath the leather thing in the Bet Mikdash. Vahatani. Ask the Gemara, don't we have a brighter that says that anyone who who messes around with the stones of Yerushalayim, you did Mi'ilah, if you use your own things for it. I thought we have a rule that there's no Mi'ilah in any of the leftover, leftover coins, can't have Mi'ilah. So if you're saying that we buy the stones with the leftover coins, how can there be Mi'ilah? Says the Gemara. Kiramir goes like Kiramir. Rameir holds that you can't have Mi'ilah on the leftover coins underneath the leather, and therefore this brighter that says you have Mi'ilah on the stones of Jerusalem is going like that. Did Rameir ever say that you have Mi'ilah on using the coins? That's only during the year that they're donated. Here, when a guy uses the stones of Yushalayim, it's not during the year donated. The stones of Yushalayim last forever, right? So, how can you say to me like that? Okay, we're going to stop over here at Amar Chizkiyah Tanar Bihuda Bar Gogel. Baruch Adonai Le'Olam. Amen. Amen. Thank you.